I'm going to read this whole account to you here. It's several verses. You're probably familiar with it, but listen to it. Listen again. Acts chapter 27, verse 1. It says, When it was decided that we should sail to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners, so Paul's a prisoner at this point, to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Adramantium, we put to sea, meaning to sail a- along the coast of Asia. Um, Aristarchus, a Macedonian Thessalonica was with us. Verse three, the next day we landed at Sidon. Julius treated Paul kindly, gave him liberty to go to his friends, receive care. When we had put to sea from there, we sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary. So there was something working against them. When we had sailed over the sea, which is off Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing to Italy, and he put us on board. When we had sailed slowly, somebody say slowly. We had sailed slowly many days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus, the wind not permitting us to proceed. We sailed under the shelter of Crete off uh, Salmone. Sorry, I should have practiced all these words. Passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near near the city of Lacy. Verse 9, now when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, men, I had a vision. Is that what he said? Men, I've got a word from God. Thus saith the Lord. No, what do he say? Men, I perceive. I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. What is that? That's inside information. But I want you to notice the word he used is a perception. A perception is not a vision in the night. It's not a voice out of heaven. It's not some big spectacular display. What is a perception? If you look it up, it literally just means this is what I see. But I don't see it outwardly. I see it inwardly. And so much of the time, the leading of the Holy Spirit comes to us not in some big display, not with fireworks in the night, not with a big booming voice, not with a prophet standing at the foot of your bed saying, thus saith the Lord, don't take that job. It's a perception. It's a knowing on the inside. Anybody ever said this before? I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I should not have gone there. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. How? How'd you know that? It's a perception on the inside. And what people don't realize is that they're getting inside information and they're ignoring it. They're overriding it. And it's that that's putting them in a place of danger. It's putting them where they're at risk. Did you hear what Paul said? I perceive this isn't going to go well, that there's going to be loss loss of the ship. Our lives are at danger. But listen to what happened. Verse 11. 
Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken by Paul. What's he doing? Overriding inside information. Ignoring inside information. Now we need to be quick in our lives to identify why would I do that? It seems foolish, right? I mean, if I've got this thing on the inside telling me don't go, why would I go ahead and go? Well, remember what the verses before it said? They were slow sailing. They'd been sailing with much difficulty. What's the problem here? Behind schedule. They're already behind schedule. Do you know how many people are no longer with us in this life? Because they pushed it, motivated by a schedule. They were already so behind. I know it took forever to get here and we've got so much more to go. You know what? I'll be fine just driving through the night. I can stay awake. Give me a cup of coffee. I'll be fine. How many people were pressured by a ticking clock? That's being clock led and not spirit led. That's being schedule led, calendar led. Gotta get there, itis. Anybody ever had a case of that? Yeah. Pressure. Instead of slowing down and listening to inside information. And this centurion says he was more persuaded by the helmsman. This is somebody who sails for a living, right? This is somebody who's experienced. This is somebody who's got, you know, he's got some knowledge. He was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship. So the centurion's like, hey guys, listen, this preacher says he's got a perception, whatever that means, that this isn't going to go well. What do you think? Oh, you mean, we'll be fine. I've sailed this a hundred times. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. That's being experience-led, not spirit-led. I've done it before, so I can do it again. Ignoring inside information. Verse 12, because the harbor was not suitable to winter in. Why are we leaving? It's not a nice place. I don't want to spend the winter here. There's a saying in aviation. I learned this as I was going through flight school. It's better to be on the ground wishing you were in the air than in the air wishing you were on the ground. And those are words to live by. When you're flying airplanes, those are words to live by. How many pilots? I'm thinking of ones, specific ones I've read about, heard about, ones that were major uh, media news stories. Had to get there, had to get there, had to get there. How much better it would be to winter in a place that, eh, is it pretty? Not really. Are you alive? Yeah. But because it wasn't a nice place, and listen to this, because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail. That's being majority led. Well, the majority can't be wrong. Ha, 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 ha. The majority said set sail, so we set sail. That's outside information. Now, do you know how the rest of the story goes? Do you know how this plays out? 
Verse 13, when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their desire. See, it's fine. Look, it's a nice day. It's beautiful. We, get, we got the wind we want. Now, whether you're talking about sailing ships, you know, 2,000 years ago or flying an airplane today, what you don't do is base your trip based on how the weather is where you are right now. Huh? You need to know about what's the weather like on the way. What's the weather like where we're going? There are, there are flights. You could go to an airport. It's probably happening right now somewhere where it's a beautiful day at that airport, but that flight gets grounded. It gets canceled. Why? Not because it's pretty there, because it's rough where they're going. And in the little flying experience I have, you know, they teach you how to look at the weather. They teach you how to read a forecast. And one of the things they have you do is call flight safety or you, you, you call the, the um, sorry, I'm losing it right now, but you, 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 you make your flight plan and you check with them and you get the weather report and they give you the en route weather report. They give you the forecasted weather report. They give you the weather at time of uh, the time you're going to touch down at your destination. All of these things are to help you make the best decision. This is a real good picture of what you and I have on the inside of us. This is inside information. Now, everybody's sitting there at the airport going, why is my flight canceled? Oh, look, the sun's shining. It's beautiful. That pilot knows something you don't know. But see, these guys, because the south wind blew softly, what's that mean? We can go. It's fine. Who listens to preachers with perceptions? And you know the rest of the story. Not many days after, a great wind arose called Eurocladon. If the Bible names the wind, <laughs> Hurricane Dawn, you know it's rough. And read the rest for yourself. There was one day, a couple of weeks into this storm, where nobody's eating anything, and now they're throwing stuff overboard. What's happening? Losing it all. This is loss. This is all the stuff uh, that, that helps the ship stay afloat. This is the stuff that we're trading and selling. We're losing all of it. It's going into the sea. This is not like you drop it off and come back and pick it up later. It's gone. And Paul stands in front of him and basically says, told you so. Men and brethren, you should have listened to me. What should they have listened to? Inside information. Now, the Lord was merciful. He spared them. That ship got lost, but not one life was lost. But that's the mercy of the Lord. That's the mercy of the Lord. What if they had not sailed? Huh? What if they had stayed in that harbor? There probably would have been people that complained the entire winter. Why are we here? What are we still doing here? This is ridiculous. It's fine. South wind's blowing. It's a beautiful day. Let's go. But if they had listened to inside information, they'd be alive. They wouldn't have gone through shipwreck. They wouldn't have washed up on an island and nearly lost their lives. See, this is what always happens. When you live based on information, you have no idea how many disasters you avoid. But how many of you would rather live not knowing the disasters you avoided than to go through the disaster? I know this has happened for me, for us, time and time again in our lives. I remember being a teenager, probably 15 years old, 
And when I was like, I don't know, fourth, fifth grade, my grandfather bought me a dirt bike. And I, and I grew up riding this dirt bike and, and I'd gotten where I was good at it. And, and the ministry there in Fort Worth, they had a bunch of land and I would go out and just ride this dirt bike all over this land. And, and a buddy of mine wanted to go ride. And we, had, we actually had two bikes and I was gonna ride the bigger one. He was gonna ride the smaller one. I remember standing outside of a Chinese food restaurant in the little town where we lived, talking to my dad going, dad, can I go ride dirt bikes? Me and my buddy want to go ride dirt bikes. And I remember the look on my dad's face. And he was like, mm. and I stood there like any good teenager. Please, 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 dad, we want to go. Please, please let us go. We'll be safe. I promise we'll be safe. Jeremy, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know if I feel right about you guys. Dad, I got a helmet. I can be safe. I promise we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. And he says, all right, fine. Y'all go ahead. Thanks, dad. All right. Get out there, load up on the bikes, take off. Not three minutes in. My buddy's in front of me on his bike. He hits some loose dirt. He <laughs> swerves towards me. I swerve to miss him, go flying off the bike, break my arm. Three minutes in. And my dad told me later, he had to repent for it. He said, I had such a check about you going, but I'll let you talk me into it. He had inside information as a parent that his teenage son didn't have inside information. And it wasn't like the Holy Ghost said, George, don't let him go three minutes into the ride. He's going to break his arm. It was just a perception. It was just something's not right about this, but because of pressure. Uh-huh. Anybody ever wanted to be the cool dad? Because of pressure, please, 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 oh, please, please, please. How many of you would rather have your teenager mad at you for an afternoon than to be in a doctor's office later that day? Mad because they didn't get to go do what they wanted, but you listened to inside information. A few years after that, I remember uh, serving on staff uh, in the church there in Fort Worth, and, and I helped in the youth ministry. And the youth pastor I served at the time was hosting a big lock-in for all the kids in the youth group. We had 120, 150 kids there. And I don't know if you've ever been to one of those things. They're horrible. <laughs> Up all night. It's miserable. And I was there serving. And I think my shift had ended. And it was sometime in the middle of the night. And I was going to go home. I remember walking out of the youth room into the parking lot. And as I reached for the door handle of my little 1995 Honda Accord, and I opened it up. I heard something on the inside. Not a, not a big booming voice. The sky was not filled with singing angels. It was something on the inside. And these are the words I heard. Don't listen to secular music tonight on the way home. It'll be the difference between life and death. And what was funny was I fully intended to get in that car and crank up that radio to keep me up for the next 15 minutes on the way home. It's the middle of the night. I'm tired. I'm going to try to stay awake. And that's what I heard. I'm like, okay. So I got in the car. I dug around in my CDs looking for anything Christian and loud. <laughs> and I found something. It wasn't even something I listened to a lot. But I found it and I put it on. Take off down the road to go home. Between the church and our house was a long straightaway that had these hills up and down. And at one point, I'm coming up over one of these hills. And there's a car passing me in the other lane. And then there's a car passing him in my lane. And to this day, I don't know what happened. All I know is a moment later, I'm on the shoulder 
fine, untouched, no accident. That car passed me coming over the hill in the middle of the night in my lane. I don't know if I swerved or what, but I sat there with my heart racing, my heart pounding, and my ears tuned into this song that was playing on my CD player. And the words that the guy was saying was, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I've got someone to watch over me. Now he's screaming it, <laughs> but that's what he was saying. Just after Sarah and I had gotten married, just months, we were going to go minister that night. We were youth pastors at my parents' church and she was leading worship. And I was getting ready to preach that night and I was going to start a series in the youth ministry about hearing the voice of God. I was going to teach the teenagers, this is how you hear God's voice. And I studied and I prayed all day and I couldn't get settled on what I was supposed to say that night. I was really wrestling with it and I didn't, didn't know where to start with it. I knew I was supposed to talk about that, but what am I supposed to say, Lord? And as the time came for her to leave, she was going to go an hour or two before me. She's got to do rehearsal, get the band ready and all that. She's getting ready to go. She's going to jump in her car and leave. I keep getting this thing on the inside. Don't let Sarah drive tonight. Again, this did not come from any prophet. This did not come from a preacher. This came from my own insides. Not something I heard here, but on the inside. Don't let Sarah drive tonight. I'm thinking, man, if I drive her, I'm going to have to drive her out there. It's 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. Then I got to get ready and just turn right back around and go, I'm, I don't have this message. I got to preach about hearing the voice of God. What am I going to say about hearing the voice of God? I got to tell them about hearing the voice of God. I don't have time to drive her. And as she's in her car, pulling out of the driveway, I'm standing there waving, closing the garage door. And I hear this again. Don't let Sarah drive tonight. Don't let Sarah drive tonight. Hmm. Wonder what that's about. 10 minutes later, I get a phone call. She's been in an accident. And what happened? She was nearly at that exact same place that I told you about just a moment ago where I avoided that accident. She's driving down that straightaway. And we have in Texas what are called um, rednecks. I don't know if you have those here. This guy in his truck pulls out in front of her into the road and he's towing a truck behind him with this big, long yellow strap. And he thinks he can get out in time to get in front of her. She goes right through that strap. A second earlier would have hit the first truck. A second later would have hit the second one. She went right through that strap. Did a little bit of damage on the front of, of her car. They had to call the police. I came out and I went. She drove a little VW at the time. And sitting out in the middle of the road was that VW emblem. I have it to this day. And I keep it. As a reminder, don't ignore the inside information. Don't override it. Don't ignore it. The Lord was merciful to me that night. He spared her. But I, what would have happened if I had paid attention to inside information? You want to know what would have happened? Nothing. I'd have been like, why did I do that? Oh, brother, now I got to get home. But how many of you would rather just be safe, hiding in plain sight? Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. You know, these stories go on and on in our life. How
How did we end up where we are? How did we end up in this facility on this property? We did not hear some big booming voice. There was not a, a, a word of the Lord. It was inside information. It was the witness of the spirit on the inside. You've heard us tell the story, but when we came to find out where our church was, we flew into Denver, rented a car and just started driving, just started heading south all the way, checking our heart, checking our heart, checking our heart. You get south of Denver, Castle Rock. Ooh, this looks like a nice place. There's outlet malls here. <laughs> we could start a church right here. Look at all the restaurants. Is that being spirit led or is that being restaurant led outlet shopping led demographic led? Oh, these look like some nice houses. I bet there's some affluent people that live around here. Is that the right leading to start a church? Find out where the rich folk live. That's not what you listen to. So we checked our hearts as we're driving through. Oh, it's a nice place. You got anything? No, not really. Keep going, keep coming south, coming south. We even looked at a building in Colorado Springs, thought maybe it was it. Okay, yeah, I could see how this would work. It's got this space, it's got that. Maybe, all right, checked it out. Came back, even looked at it again, checking our hearts, listening, just listening, just waiting. And the further we got with it, it's like, you know what? Something's not quite right. Something's not quite right. So we kind of walked away from that sat down at our, in our living room in Texas just to pray over it again. Lord, where is it? What is it? I'm scrolling through. I find this piece of property for sale in the mountains. It's got a 150 acres, but man, it's a rough place and there's no paved roads and it's rough on the inside. I don't know if this could be it. And I went and showed Sarah and I said, I don't know. It's this building and it's got these cabs. That's it. She says, that's it. That's it. And I thought, that's it. Now, how do we know that? There was nothing outwardly. And believe me, there was nothing outwardly. There was not a thing on the outside of this place that said, oh, you should start a church here. There is not one thing going on on the outside of this place. There's not one thing that made real good financial sense about it. There's nothing that made real logistical sense about it. Yeah, here's what you should do. Get outside of town where all the people aren't. So what do you listen to? What do you go with? When the outside doesn't make any sense, it doesn't matter because you've got some information on the inside that not everybody else has. This information will put you in the right place. This information will put you at, there at the right time. This info, inside information will put you with the right people. This inside information will put you doing the right thing and this inside information will keep you safe. It'll keep your children safe. Here's what we have to teach our kids to listen to. Listen to your heart. How many times a day do I feel like we tell our kids, listen to your heart. Mommy, can we go out and play? Yeah, listen to your heart. Mommy, can we watch a show? Uh-huh, listen to your heart. Mommy, can we go over here? Uh-huh, yeah, sure, listen to your heart. Listen. If your heart's ever telling you something, don't go there, don't do that, don't be a part of this, listen to that. Listen to it. Listen to it. Don't override it. Don't ignore it. Listen to it. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.